Monday on Daily Delivery, first NFL Monday of the season. Patrick Royce here with me. I am Michael Rand. Patrick, like two very different ships passing each other in the night. <laughs> the twins kind of drifting out um, aimlessly uh, to sea, putting their season not officially uh, to bed, but uh, four and a half behind Cleveland now after that ridiculous, awful series. But the Vikings making people forget on Sunday, 23 to seven over Green Bay. I think we're going to start there, obviously, because that's the big story of the weekend. And just you know, Kevin O'Connell's debut as head coach, they looked really good in a lot of facets of the game. And Green Bay, quite frankly, did not. Um, I've got plenty of thoughts on the game we talked about. Some of it already before we even hit record, but uh, let's uh, let's get right to it. What did you? Uh, what were what were the biggest takeaways you had from this game? Why did they only get twenty three? <laughs> they left I them on the table. Yeah, takeaway. It was the same old BS. They left a lot of points on the tip. You know, they should have the way they dominated that game, the way they could do everything they wanted to. How'd they only get twenty three? They should have had 30, 30, you know, at least. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, I guess they could, you know, one reason being they could be really conservative the fourth quarter and because uh, they knew they were going to win the game because the Packers couldn't do anything offensively. Uh, and uh, so they, you know, to, to me, the uh, big takeaway is how good the defense was. Obviously, how good Justin Jefferson was the first half, but uh, but how good the defense was and how they basically uh, threw around. Now, let's remember the Packers' two best offensive linemen weren't playing at that, uh, that answer. The tackles weren't playing, which has, uh, you know, when you take Brian Neal and, and Brian O'Neill and Darisau out of the uh, Vikings lineup and uh, maybe they would have got a little more pressure on Kirk too. So, yes. uh, although, I mean, Bakhtari missing isn't even a story anymore with them. He plays about one out of every 12 games over there. Anyway, he's hurt all the time, but uh, yeah, they dominated them. Uh, I, I, uh, once I saw their injury list in the morning that they weren't going to have that Lazard who supposedly is the one receiver who knows which direction to run in when he's told to do so. Uh, but uh, yeah, they look good. They, uh, they, uh, the new guy, Jordan Hicks had what, 12, 13 tackles. And uh, you know, uh, the, the guy they got from the Packers has had a good game too. He put some pressure on uh, Rogers and uh you know, they were around Rodgers a lot. They could have had more sacks. And, uh, yeah, they just dominated the game. I can't say I was surprised. But, uh, but uh, yeah, they right now, watch the Bears somehow win that game against, uh, against the 49ers, mostly because of the way Trey Lance played. And uh, for uh, the 49ers as a quarterback. And then the Lions being the same old Lions and the Packers, past Packers not being close to what they were. Uh, it's it's looking good already for this uh, first season for O'Connell, I would say. Not a great day for North Dakota State football players. You, you already mentioned Trey oh. Lance and then Christian Watson, oh, the man. Packers. I was, that was there. He was a was he first a, rounder, first right? rounder, second rounder. I can't, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, exactly he was where their he highest was. drafted receiver in a while. Yeah. Uh, they had, they had two first rounders. Wasn't he one? Maybe it was a second rounder. I don't know, but, uh, no, their first two draft choices were both defense, both guys. defense. Yeah. I think he was a high second yeah. rounder. He was a high second rounder, but he was the, he was the first receiver they'd given, given, uh, 
uh, Rogers and, you know, Rogers, first thing he did was go over and hug Justin Jefferson because uh, I remember Rob Demosky told me that uh, before that draft, Demosky was telling, you know, not publicly, but telling people that's the guy he wanted the Mikey and the Packers to get to figure out a way to trade up and get him. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to out hustle the Vikings to get him, but he's the guy that Rogers wanted in that first round. And uh, when they did draft, uh, when they ended up drafting, whatchamacallit, Jordan Love. Right. And, and, uh, and I, I got to think, uh, you know, he, I, I said this all last week, he came back for the money. He, he, he did not come back. You know, he got in a situation where, there was no place he was going to get paid more money than he was in Green Bay. So he decided to stay. He knows that the 13 and threes and playing at home in the NFC title game are over. He knows that ship has sailed. And, uh, but he, uh, he came back anyway. And uh, now he's going to play out the, you know, play three more years, put up great numbers and, uh, and not go anywhere with this team. I don't think I don't like them at all. So anyway, the Vikings, the Vikings got the good first team. I think they really got the first, we, we don't know about anything about the second, about the backups, but the, uh, I, I like their, I, I like their first team talent. Yeah. A couple things on that first. Um, the one thing that did surprise me and I was, you know, I was more pessimistic than anybody else on our staff coming into the year. I had them at seven and 10. And one, one of the reasons was I was just, we just didn't know beyond, you know, what we've seen in the past. We just had no real idea on how this team would look. They'd given us such a, a mystery in the preseason and they hadn't, you know, hadn't played anybody, hadn't really even done, you know, just didn't know how they'd be able to match physically without doing anything much at all. And I think O'Connell addressed that Kevin O'Connell addressed that in his right, right away post game, just that they, they looked ready to play. They looked like they were on speed, physically ready to play any new system problems. Didn't seem to be an issue. They just, they, they seemed like they had it all down. And that was the surprise to me that they could come into a game where they have a brand new coach, brand new systems, hadn't really done anything in the preseason with the, with their first team and look very crisp. Yes, and I think that uh, the other the, the teams getting a, getting a first look at how I now I mean Donatell has a long history of being a defensive coordinator, so they probably had a good idea. But having gotten a look at the way they're going to play defense and how deep they're playing, and basically leaving the middle of the field where you have to throw all your passes, in the, you know, like eight yards down the field, ten yards down the field behind the linebackers, that little middle area that they left open with the uh you know with the safeties playing way back it was uh it was i don't think that's not a tampa two i don't know what it is it's kind of an umbrella defense they call it but uh they packers did not have i would think Devontae adams would have had a field day uh working in that you know in that middle area but they didn't have anybody to take advantage so it'll be interesting to see if uh if the other teams that they're playing now kind of adjust to that more to that defense, but as long as you're getting past, you know, as long as you're getting a pass rush, that's modern, modern NFL defense is because of what you can't do with receivers and everything. Modern NFL defenses. Can you make the quarterback miserable or not? Right. Yes. I mean, 
you can you put pressure on him and yesterday they showed that they could put a lot of pressure on him so it'll if it if it continues that way then uh, they're gonna have a good year i think and if they stay healthy hunter and uh you know hunter and hunter and smith yeah smith, both uh you know both missed last season basically and have a little hit injury history so we'll see you know you never know we'll you know, you, you know, week one, you can look great. Week five, if you got five guys out of the lineup, it won't look so great. It depends upon who gets hurt and who doesn't. MGM Wine & Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine & Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Yeah, and we've been saying that we've been saying that all along, and that's the good thing to remember here is, <clears throat> you know, they looked like they came out of that game reasonably healthy but their depth is still a question but yeah to that point i think the that that new defense with donatel is interesting um and i want to get back to rogers in a minute but the the defense itself i think one of the things that is that they've said is kind of a hallmark of it is you know you you give teams different looks you 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 know even a even a veteran like rogers has probably seen it all looked like he was you know, kind of holding the ball a little bit, kind of second guessing where he was going to go with it. And some of that could be new receivers, not, not having that full trust. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But the idea of some of that defense is to confuse the quarterback long enough that your pass rush can get to him or that you're, you know, give your, give those defensive backs a little bit of a extra time to, you know, to, to make sure they're, they're getting the coverage. So, you know, it might not always be that they're always in the right places, but if they're confusing the quarterback enough, like it seemed like a couple of times Rogers had guys open. He just maybe didn't have the right pre-snap read or something wasn't going right with, with the way they were going. And by the time he figured it out, the the pass rush was there. Yeah. After you've played the Packers, you know, after he's played the Vikings 16 times in the last eight years, uh, or he actually got hurt one year, but uh, when, when uh, Anthony Barr uh, took that horrendous cheap shot against him and uh, <laughs> upset Packer Nation. But uh, uh, the, uh, you know, it, he's, he, he, I'm sure he had no idea what to really expect. You know, I mean, he, they've seen Donatel's defense, but you don't know how he's going to play it with different personnel. So, between him and having a bunch of receivers, I think he played one series, right? In the exhibition games with these clowns right. that he has now, these guys. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the Packers, I'm sure the fans are all upset, but they were all upset a year ago too when they uh, got humiliated by the uh, Saints in Jacksonville. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they bounce back, but I don't, I don't know. What do you think of their defense? They could cover Jefferson. They wouldn't. They weren't really getting that much pressure on uh, on Cousins either. I didn't think so. Uh, I, I they're supposedly that's their ticket this year is playing defense. So we'll see if they get better or not. Yeah, I thought their run game was actually pretty good, and they could probably could have done more with that. And you're right, though. I thought the off- Vikings offensive line, aside from you know early on, they got. You know, some of they got some interior pressure of Bradbury, Ingram, um, that could still be um, a little spotty. But overall, I thought the line, offensive line for the Vikings held up pretty well. And that, you know, I don't know if it's them playing well or maybe the Packers not having as good of a defensive line as we think, but they've got players there. You know, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, those guys were playing. And these guys were 
making some plays, but maybe not as many as we're used to seeing. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for the Packers was that you're you're right. I mean, I don't know if Rodgers is just in it for the money. That's that's a that's a I'd love to think that, but I, I think the, the the biggest thing you could look at that game and say for sure is that was like a top five Aaron Rodgers bad body language Hall of Fame game. He just just <laughs> yeah. from the from the first drop from Watson, oh, just yeah. the look on his face, just like, oh, are you kidding me? Can you imagine though that you you have a play to start the season, you got your highest draft choice receiver who you must assume has talent he runs by the defense it's a touchdown and he drops it yes rogers who has little patience for receivers who screw up at the best of times and uh that's uh you know you knew how that you know you knew who was going to win that game as soon as watson dropped that pass god almighty it was uh, what a way to start. It was uh, brutal. And, and then he uh, wouldn't throw. Then he wouldn't throw to the wide receivers for like not just Watson, like no. none of the wide outs. He wouldn't throw to him. And I don't know if you know he just doesn't have anybody he trusts right now. Well, I know he gave some dirty looks to those two, uh, the other two guys. And they had like two rookie, two other rookies running around out there. Yeah, too. Romeo Dubes and somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even have like the. He doesn't even have Kumaro and all. He's he got Randall Cobb still. Randall Cobb's got a job forever, but Randall Cobb's the only guy, and Randall Cobb is a is a shadow of what he was five years ago. And uh, you know, is as we were talking about this before we came on, they were showing the graphic uh, late in the first half yesterday that Devontae Adams had a. 112 yards so far and the Viking and the Packers receivers had six late in the first half. So, uh, uh, it was a, uh, does, you know, I don't go to Viking games. Thank God. I don't have to go to those things and go down there. I hate that stadium. You wander around for hours trying to figure out where the hell you are. And, uh, you know, if you're not in some exclusive ticket area, they make you walk all over here and it, you know, let's bring back the dome as far as I'm concerned. But uh, uh, it doesn't, when you're listening, you know, on TV, they, it doesn't sound loud, but I'm sure it's loud in there, right? But out, yes, it's, it's, it does not sound loud when you're watching on TV. I think maybe that's why the TV people like it, right? Because it's, it's well lit because you got the sun coming in on a day like right. that. It's lit way different. And but it's not loud. I mean, they show the pregame, the whole skull stupidity and that thing. But uh, and then it, then you get the impression. But during the game, it's not like the old dome where even watching on TV, you couldn't hear. You know, it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't come off as loud watching on television. But then again, I think I've been there for uh, one Viking game. The Bears lost to uh, at the end of the season. Uh, Zim's year that uh, they they if they beat the Bears, they make the playoffs. That's the 2018, year. probably. The, yeah, and the Super Bowl. Right. Two or three prep balls and a couple of baseball games. That's the only time I've been in that place. So. Uh, uh, and if, if I can stay away for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. So, uh, anyway, uh, but it doesn't come off as a, a, a place that's, that's hard, that is, is hard to play for the opposition as the Metrodome was, but maybe, 
what maybe inside it's different. I don't know, but watching yeah. on TV, it, watching on TV, you couldn't hear, you know, what the announcers right. say in halftime with the dome, and that's not the case in the in the big airport hangar they have there. So. Yeah, I think that they think I think it probably just it gets as loud, <laughs> but the the sound has more places to go than it did at the uh, yeah, yes, it does. than it did at the dome. The dome would just trap that mm-hmm. sound. Um, couple more things on the Vikings before we get to the twins, maybe some gophers too. Um, the big 10 suddenly looking, um, maybe not even suddenly, but looking very inviting at this point after the, uh, the weekend, some of the gophers, uh, chief rivals had, um, uh, we haven't even mentioned the quarterback's name yet. The, the Vikings quarterback, Kirk cousins. Um, he was, he was very good. Uh, I, one, what's interesting is, you know, we create these storylines. We create this kind of idea of, what might change, what might look better for a team going into the season. And very rarely does it kind of look as good as the team might have imagined in the first game with Cousins playing very well, very efficiently. And Justin Jefferson, like you, you like the thought going into the season was like he's gonna he's gonna have this breakout explosive year. And it's like, well, he's he's been the leading receiver over the last two years in the entire NFL. Like what other yeah. year does he have? And then he has this game, nine catches, what one eighty four, two touchdowns where you're like, okay, I guess that's the other gear. Um, they've got to just be over the moon with, with how that all looked. And he's not going to, he's not going to have that game every day, but he, there did seem to be a different element to the offense with Jefferson moving around more in motion more and just, getting frankly wide open on a few of those plays and cousins, you know, stepping up in the pocket, finding him at certain times and things that we haven't seen him necessarily do all the time either. And moving a little, uh, yes. too. cousins moved a little too. So yeah, he had a, he had a great day. As I said, you, you watch that game, you see the plays they made, you wonder why they didn't score 30 or, you know, but again, they sat on the ball the fourth quarter. So maybe that was it. But uh, I had predicted in the morning when I saw the injured list, seriously predicted 30 to 13 Vikings. And so I wanted that last touchdown. I wanted them to get to 30 and uh, they were, they didn't, they didn't get there, but yeah, it was, there, there wasn't much to complain about. That's for sure. So we'll, uh, you know, and he looked good and uh, now all the Kirk lovers can, uh, you know, and the first time they get late in the game and he doesn't lead them down to the points they need, then uh, you can get mad at him again, folks. That's the way it works with quarterbacks, right? It's the way it works in sports. We'll, uh, That's we'll, true. Everybody's thrilled right now until they're not. Um, like I said, the jump, Patrick, this one, um, it was almost like, like I said, two ships passing in the night. Maybe that's too much of a cliche, but just the, the Vikings ascending in this game, right as the twins were finishing, getting swept by the guardians, you know, going from one and a half back to four and a half back. And just the, I know they, they put a little bit of a scare into Cleveland late Friday, late, late Friday after the rain delay and late never Saturday where they got the. It's never a scare if they get the class A. If, they, if Cleveland gets the class A, it's over. Yeah. Okay. They might begin a runner on base, but nobody's going to take him deep. So, uh, no, they just, they're playing with their B squad and they. You know, the pitching's mediocre, and this Jorge Lopez, my guy, yay, they got Jorge Lopez. He's, I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. He won't throw strikes. He's, uh, the, the life on his pitches is about half what it was in Baltimore. I guess he's a, uh, 
an emotionally uh, wired up guy. He's a wired up, unconfident guy. When when things aren't going well, he's not. He's got a little Jose Barrios in him, right? When things go bad, they sure. go bad. And uh, but he's been he's been a big disappointment, and they gave away a lot to get him. Uh, Mally, of course, is you know they gave away a, they gave even more to get him, and they uh, they're getting nothing out of him. And uh, it, you know, look at that lineup. That yeah. lineup can't compete. They can't compete with that collection. They got uh, four guys at the top of the order now, three, and uh, you know the four. Well, not Kepler. I wouldn't count him. I mean, you start off. You got Arise. Uh, you, you got Arise, Correa, and Miranda. Those are the last three guys you got to get, get a hit. That counts, you know. They got six guys coming up that are outs, for God's sake. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's they're they're where they belong, and they're going to get worse. And uh, I think when they went into their first dive, I said seventy eight and eighty four. They might not be that good. They might not make seventy eight. Yeah, I mean they're uh, they're under five hundred now. They got to win nine out of their last. Uh, 23 is it yeah 9 out of 23 i don't know if they can they're uh they're they're it's you know they 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 had what you need right for a year you got to stay relevant into august and then after that if you go in the tank fine it's not the way it used to be but it's i mean because of the that used to kind of be the theory when only four teams went in the playoffs but uh now it's now it's playoffs or bust, but the people, the fans haven't really reacted to them this year. Baseball in trouble in general, people upset, but there is this perception that they've ah same old twins have been terrible forever. Well, they did win 101 games in 2019. Uh, they won yeah. the most games they ever have in franchise history. The next year they were 36 and 24 during the pandemic. They weren't as good. But they were 36 and 24. That's another it's like 97, 98 win pace. Yeah. So this is only a two-year stretch here. But last year they were terrible. And now with what they gave up and going in the tank, they're gonna finish third. There's no drama left with this team. They're they've given it up. I mean, they're just not good enough. Kepler's out now, which may be good or bad. That depends upon your view. But uh uh you know, plus, you know, the tip off to me when they signed Billy Hamilton. Yeah. Billy Hamilton. I could go down here to the uh, Bassett Creek Park on a Sunday afternoon and why they got pickup <laughs> games going down there with adults and he couldn't hit a ball out of the park down there. It's uh what is what is he doing here? What do you why did you bring this guy in here? A slap hitting pace dealer. And at the time, they said, oh, it's got nothing to do with Buxton. We aren't going to see Buxton, right? No. Have we, have we realized that? I don't think he's so. I mean, not at this point. In. He's packing it in. And now Polanco is, you know, I know he was asked, Rocco was asked Friday, is Polanco going to play tomorrow? Polo, as all the readers call him. Polo. Uh, Polanco, when he's not playing, you know you got issues, right? Because he used, he's the warrior, and he, right. you don't question whether he's hurt or not, uh, whether he's uh, gentlemanly. Uh, I shouldn't say this, but they had Buxton doing the ad for the 
you know, the, the military guys thanking the military guys yesterday. Yeah. Eh, wrong guy. Get somebody who plays. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get somebody who plays. I, I don't, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been kind of a barrage for, they had this streak, what, they were 26 and nine. Did they have a run of 26 and nine? Yeah, something like that. They got to. Since then, they've been mediocre or worse. And yeah. uh, they got to like 11 games over 500 sometime in May. And then it's been since then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those they can just, you know, wind her down now and just play it out. And there'll be about uh, starting Tuesday night, you'll have about 9,000 people there for Kansas City for uh, three games. And then you go out on the road. And uh, and the Whiteys are, uh, Whiteys in Cleveland are going to be interesting. But the Twins, uh, no matter what they might have been telling you, four and a half. Okay, they got 23 left, four and a half out. They play Cleveland five times. Uh, here's their problem. Mike, when you looked yeah. at this series, what pitching matchup favored them? Exactly. And I'm, o for three. No, I mean, they, for, o for well, three. And that was the thing, right? They it was this was kind of their their pitching plan exposed because the first two starters in the series were Bundy and Archer, who were you know the guys they signed in the offseason to kind of shore up the rotation. Those guys have been you know healthy enough to pitch by and large, and they've done okay. We've talked about Dylan Bundy being being probably better than we. But he's held them together pretty well, but he both he and Archer can't can't or won't pitch. I think in Bundy's case, you know, they don't let him, but in Archer's case, he's been this kind of four inning guy all year. Like the the pitching plan was bad yeah. all year. Then you go into this kind of must yes. win, must have series, and those are the two the two guys you've got lined up to pitch. And the whole the the pressure having Archer make all these starts. Yes. Puts the rest of the pitching staff yes. is untenable. It's idiotic. It's, it's like pitching an opener every, you know, five days as your regular God love him. If he could pitch out of the bullpen, he'd be okay. But he, you know, I thought when they dumped, uh, when they sent Smeltzer back the first time that they were going to release him, I thought, okay, this is leave. That was like, three and two thirds. And he'd had about five starts in a row where he hadn't gone beyond four. And I said, you can't keep sending, you can't keep putting that, the number of bullpen innings they pitched last time I looked was like second in the majors or third in the majors in Tampa, which does it on purpose by having right. about two openers every time you, you, you can't, you can't have that guy in your rotation all year. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. It puts too damn much pressure on the bullpen. And, uh, you know, they, I don't, everything they've done, they've traded for two pitchers who were hurt. Yes. Bad, up on a bad shoulder. I don't know. Everything they've done has just been idiotic personnel on billy hamilton don't get me started i've already started on that what is he doing here what is he doing here he's been with 10 organizations in four years he's three of me never got to the big leagues with but what there's yeah it's what are you doing god almighty and you you got him here he doesn't ever play i just don't get them that's uh and, you know, I kind of wrote for Saturday, hey, they can't win with this lineup. It's the injuries that have ruined them. But 
some predictable injuries, you know, Buxton and some unpredictable injuries and Kepler being terrible. And, uh, you know, but you know what I think really hurt him was Kirloff getting hurt and and Larnick getting hurt. And you, you had like Jake Cave was your seventh or eighth outfielder when the season started. They tried like hell not to have to call him up. Yes, they did. They did everything. Call him Contreras. They call him every. Now he's a fixture in the lineup yep. for the last month. He's been a fixture. It's uh, you know, this is just uh, you, you to me. You enter next season with zero optimism. You zero optimism. I mean, you can't you can't sell us on the idea that right. Buxton's going to play, right? Right. Like the only thing I'd say about next year is, I mean, a you wouldn't think the pitching can be as snake bit or as injury riddled as it was this year. The whole lineup, and you do, I mean, at a certain point, you you do have some starting pitching options next year that yes. maybe you didn't have this year. I mean, you got Kenta Maeda should be back, right? I mean, he's yeah, he'll, he'll be back from his Tommy John, and that's a guy who was you know awfully good in 2020 and had a pretty good track record before that. Before he had you know the 2021 season that was cut short by the the Tommy John and he was struggling that year, but I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that was probably the, probably the Tommy John influence. And then you've got, you know, you would imagine hopefully Mally gets sorted out, whatever gets sorted out. He's still under contract next year. I don't know what, what paddock static status will be next year, but he had his Tommy John early enough that he could help you sometime next year. Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Bailey Ober. I mean, like, you know, uh, Josh Winder, like whoever's coming up to the minors. Uh, let's, let's see, let's see the, Let's see Louis Varland again. I mean, like, like they've they've got they've got a lot of options now because they've had to burn through a lot of these guys and a lot of so many of these guys have been hurt and they've had to replace them. But the, your point is a good one. Like we we shouldn't have optimism because they always seem to get hurt. Something always does seem to happen. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Here's another one that gets me. Now Louis Varland comes in. He's their best pitcher they had last week. Would you agree on that? Him and Sonny Gray was pretty good. But Louis Varland was outstanding for six innings. Did not seem intimidated by anything in Yankee Stadium. And you make him the 29th guy and then option him out. Now he can't pitch for 15 days. Now Archer probably going to be DL'd so they can can call him up, I think. If they can call up an option pitcher if somebody gets injured and so Archer's probably going to go on the DL, but why is he not on your roster to pitch right. Tuesday? Why is he not on your roster to pitch Tuesday? Why is he not in your rotation? So you can keep Chris Archer. What is it? This Chris, this loyalty to Chris Archer is unbelievable. I don't know what the hell's going on with these guys. I think that, uh, Somebody is going to get to Wes Johnson and find out that it wasn't the lure of having to be at LSU in midseason that got him out of here. I think this, I think the pitching geniuses upstairs might have driven him nuts. Hmm. Josh Kalk and the boys who Interesting. Uh, think they're, uh, think they're uh, geniuses. I, I just don't buy it. I don't want too many it. sliders. I don't, I don't buy the fact that. Boy, in order to help them with the recruiting of transfers, right? They did West there at the middle of the season. That is crap because they, you know, in the Zoom era, if they got a transfer that they want schmoozed up, they can get West on Zoom and he could BS them for an hour. Right? There's something that was going on there that 
we don't know about. And Wes is Wes, if he ever wants to get back into majors, probably would be smart of him to uh, be ripping the twins. So no. uh, if he's telling somebody the truth, so we'll probably never know. But I don't buy it. I don't buy that he bailed out of here because, uh, you know, I, I buy that he was going to leave for LSU for twice as much money. But uh, sure. I don't buy the idea that he had to leave at midseason. No. Patrick, let's finish up quick with some Gophers football talk. Um, you know, we didn't learn much, I don't think, from those first two games, the quality of opponent with New Mexico State and then Western Illinois, not uh, not exceedingly high. Gophers, what was it, 62-10 the other day, so that would make it 100-10. to 10. Uh, Last year's ninth-place team in the Mo Valley. Yeah. Uh, uh, FCS. So that's about how bad North Dakota state would beat them too, but it could have been worse. So yeah, we haven't learned anything about them, but we learned a whole bunch about the West. Yes. Nebraska. Hey, congratulations to Scott Frost. He figured out a way to lose that game so that they were forced to get rid of him two weeks before his buyout went from 15 million to 7.5. So yeah, I wonder if his halftime speech was, come on guys, let's give up that last touchdown <laughs> to, to uh, Georgia Southern. And then I'll get fired on Sunday and I'll get my whole 15 million. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I got October 1st. They were, it would have been seven and a half, but they, oh, couldn't, man. they couldn't wait. I'm sure there was, three businessmen in Nebraska who said, we'll pay the seven and a half, get rid of him now. So um, uh, that just shows you how much money they have in these football programs. But they're terrible. And Iowa Iowa was on the one. They were driving for a touchdown. They fumbled on the one, and then they let Iowa State drive 99 yards to win the game. Yes. And and then Wisconsin, I watched about – 10 minutes of that they couldn't run it they couldn't move the ball at all against washington state not exactly famous for its defense but they uh you know they they're still terribly run heavy heavy they have no confidence in Graham Merce for good reason and uh yeah you know who's the one team that could be trouble for the gophers purdue yeah purdue's might not be bad they uh they lost their opener to Penn State, blew a lead, and then they uh, – but they, they got some athletes and they throw it around and they got some explosive offense, which Iowa has no offense. No. Wisconsin has – Wisconsin has uh, looked to be very uh, – this, this is not one of those Wisconsin offensive lines that picks you up and throws you out of the way. No. So uh, – and Nebraska is, you know, where the – Dave. Mike. Yeah. Tim Brewster. Okay. <laughs> Record at Minnesota. 16. I uh, know 15 and 30. Scott Frost. Right Record at Nebraska. 16 and 31. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, wow. They were both 15 under. Oh, wow. Frost, 16 and 31. At Yikes. Nebraska. And, ha- and how many in the West play? And how many of those, lo- and how many of those losses were like excruciating? Cause didn't they have, Oh yeah, wasn't all the fourth quarter one score games that they had the the stat on Frost at the one score games. And by the way, in the West and the, and uh, Northwestern lost to Duke. Um, yes, right. So, that's, 
right here than it was to Duke at home or something. Yeah. So the West is wide open, maybe yes. more open than it's ever going to be and ever the has Illinois, been. You could say Illinois is a little better, except they lost to Indiana. In the right. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it's there. I mean, this is the it's the Gophers are. Uh, you know, maybe their defense is, we, we don't know if their defense is as good as it looked. That's, that's what you were worried about. And, uh, yeah. you know, they got a, they got a, uh, the offensive coordinator, Nader back who believes in the forward pass. So that's good. And, uh, the other guy didn't, we, and, uh, so, yeah, I mean, they look, they are, they are the favorites right now. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no reason to think that they can't win the Wests and Hey, Ohio State didn't look invincible either against Arkansas State. Maybe we have a chance in the conference championship. There you go. It's not get, getting ahead of ourselves a little we bit. We are getting a little ahead of ourselves. I think a case could be made. That might be a column for me. Do the Gopher Ohio State matchup uh, like this week for the year. Right. <laughs> Do the uh, looking ahead. I've seen enough <laughs> Gophers yeah, against looking, Ohio State. Looking ahead. I don't know. <laughs> State might not be what they were. We're no, better. I could. We've been, so, we've better than we've been. So, so what we do here when the when Vikings win week one against know, the Packers and suddenly people have Super Bowl aspirations. You know, it is the modern era of college football, though. They got some transfers in here, right? They have no freshmen. They have no freshmen on this team. They were 55th in recruiting and last in the Big Ten as far as the youth, the outfit I look at on three because on three doesn't give automatic three stars like right. everybody else does. And, and yet they're, they're loaded. I mean, they're really good. They, uh, they, they, they rebuilt the offensive line. It seems. And uh, defensively, they look good again. So uh, we'll see. Now we, you know, Colorado's only been outscored, uh, 73 to 21 by uh tr 79 to 21 by tcu and air force air force beat them bloody saturday so they're gonna you know colorado's not even hardly a step up from what they played so far so so we'll wait till the big 10 but the schedule's easy everybody else you know the like wisconsin is putrid as they looked they also have to play Michigan and Wisconsin. I mean, Michigan and Ohio State, the Gophers don't have to play either. Yeah. So, so the schedule's there. The competition's there. If they don't do it this year, they'll never do it. So. Mark it down. September 12th, the day everybody had a lot of optimism about Minnesota football, both Gophers and Vikings. We'll see how we feel in late October, oh, early one, November. One last but, thing. What's what? wrong with our loons? I don't We're know. Hot. Maybe they, they've, they're they They've gone in the haven't, tank. Haven't scored in three games. What oh, happened? And they've given up three a game in some of those, too. It's, uh, they only gave up one this last time. Only so. one, but that's uh, if you don't get any, that's not good. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. They're down to, we're down to sixth in the table, Patrick. We don't wow. like that. That hurts us from having that home game. For the big yeah, ball. it's all still very bunched up, and then there's not a whole lot of season left. But, yeah, they were, they were rolling pretty good, and now, you know, they, they're still – they're still in pretty good shape to make the playoffs at least because they just probably need a handful of points in these last games and, and whatnot. And they've got some winnable games coming up, but uh, yeah, LAFC tomorrow will not be a picnic. So they've, they've got some work to do here still just to make the playoffs. LAFC, the first place team in the West. So 
You can't, know. You can't beat those having a sellout crowd of 19,000 that uh, for every game and 16,000 of them don't give a damn if you win or lose. They're just there to have a good time. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of audience you want. Kind of like the wild audience, you know, they're just there to have a good time. So good times had by all Patrick love catching up with you again. We'll do it again next week. All right, sir. Thanks, Mike.